all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Powered by Overtime Media. Hello and welcome back into another edition of the Who Dat Discussion. As always, my name is Andrew and we are coming at you from the Vivid Seats studio use promo code overtime in the vivid seats mobile app to save up to a hundred dollars on all ticket purchases and what a saints win here i think we should just get right into it the saints defeat the previously undefeated cowboys 12 to 10 in a defensive thriller but complete turnaround from the years past with the saints when we see the offense drew Brees throwing all over the field now you see that defense stepping up and to me, that's just really big. It shows how deep this team is. It shows how all-around they're just a good team. They're multifaceted. Really love what this Saints team is doing, and it just shows how good Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton, built this team. you got to give them a ton of credit here because you're sitting here at 3-1 and one, playing the majority of your games without Drew Brees. That's where you want to be. If you're going to play three out of your four games without Drew Brees, you love where you are at this point because that's just, I mean, two great wins against two great teams. The Seahawks are a playoff team. The Dallas Cowboys are a playoff team. Both great defenses. Great quarterback in Russell Wilson. And the Saints somehow come out with both of these games because of the play of the defense, the play of the special teams, and then timely play by the offense and some real stars on this team. Because I think overall, this team, I mean, I said after this game, if the Saints were to win it, I said before, if the Saints were to win this game, I'd say they're, super, they're back to Super Bowl contenders. And no one's going to really tell you otherwise. You beat a Cowboys team who is division winner. They're a playoff winning team. They're probably going to make it far in the playoffs again this year. They got a great team around them. They got obviously Zeke Elliott. They got Amari Cooper. They obviously got Dak Prescott, Demarcus Lawrence, Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, Byron Jones. So many good players on this team. And the Saints are able to go in there without their star, number second best QB in the whole league. And they're able to win this game. And to me, that's just some really good work by this coaching staff, really good work by really everyone involved. So overall, really good stuff there. And then also, before we get into our main recap of this game, it is the 100th episode of the Houdat discussion, and this is just a time to look back, and I'm going to take a few minutes to do that, and just to say thank you to everyone who's made this possible, and you know, it's a dream of mine, it was a dream, and now to see it come to reality and really to see what it is here that we're doing at the Houdet Discussion. We've created film studies. We've obviously created 100 podcasting episodes. We've gone live. We've done so many things that I've wanted to do and obviously building up the brand on Twitter, which are over a thousand followers. And within the 100 episodes, this really was one of the big goals of mine, being able to be a part of Overtime Media with that partnership. And I just can't be more thankful for that. And really just what we've been able to do, some of the guests, other podcasters we have on from, you know, All Saints Consider podcast to the Big Easy uh, in the Big Apple, formerly known as the Who Dad and NYC podcast with Chris, and really just overall really good stuff. We are the Who Dad Nation. What we've done with them is really cool. And just overall, I really can't thank everyone enough. And there's obviously great things ahead. For only the first 100 episodes, we're hoping to get to 200, 300, 400, 500, 1,000. That's the goal here. Build it out even more, and we're just growing it. Episode by episode, we're growing, and we'll see where the future takes us. 
and really overall plans we obviously want to start having some guests on the podcast we'll keep on answering your questions hopefully we'll add the video component that's really my main goal by the end of the season to have a video up on youtube we took a break from youtube because i'm really instead of having this picture i just want to have the camera set up i want to have you guys seeing my face it's either going to be that or it's just going to be the podcast i don't really want to put the podcast up on youtube and i know a lot of people listen to it on there but it just wasn't a big enough audience for me to really keep on it's a lot of extra work to put a thing up on youtube compared to all the other sites with itunes spotify and that's where the majority of the listening was coming from so to me that's kind of just what it is. So if I can get the full video up, which I really want to do, get the whole cameras and everything, which is a goal of mine, and I think it's going to become a reality in the near future. Hopefully by the end of this football season, we'll have some live episodes, not live episodes, but recorded episodes where there's a video recording, not just a you know podcasting recording. And then also, obviously, that's a huge thing that we want to hit, and it's a big goal for us, but also we want to hit definitely an interview which we haven't been able to schedule just yet and I would love obviously to have interviews with players but I love interacting with really any of the Saints fans any of the Saints podcasters out there we love partnering with All Saints Considered we love uh, partnering with Chris and we are the Houdat Nation and all those guys because Really, it's just, it is the dream of mine to just talk Saints with other people. And that was the whole thing, this first podcast, come on here. And now that it's the 100th episode, I listen to our first episode, and I encourage everybody, if you wanted to see just, if you were starting, if you want to start a podcast, you can really start with anything. I started, I don't even have a, like a real mic. I had like a little headset mic that was used probably from Xbox Live, and now what it is here at 100 episodes is really, really cool. And now it's just like sky's the limit for the Saints, sky's the limit for the, the the podcast and the brand here. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who, can, who really made this possible. And it, it wouldn't have been done without the Houdat Nation. A lot of people supported me along the way. And I just want to say thank you for that because it's a huge milestone. 100 episodes is huge. And I just really wanted to say thank you to everybody that did that. And obviously, it would have been a little of a bummer if the Saints lost that game on the 100 episode. But... We come in here, we hopefully will have a nice podcast, good discussion here about the Saints defeating the Cowboys in what could be called the turning point of the season, coming now four games through, we're a quarter of the way through the season. I just can't believe it, that we're a quarter of the way through football season. doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like we just started, and obviously we did, but still, a quarter of the season to go by is pretty crazy, and still obviously 12 games to go, a lot to be said, but really gotta love how these Saints, this Saints team is starting, and if... Obviously, this 100 episode and this whole season ends in the Super Bowl or whatever, it would just be, I mean, to go, my goal here, my dream, more than getting me on screen or on YouTube or whatever it is, to be being syndicated, that's not even the dream. The dream is to come on here on like February 3rd and say that the Saints won the Super Bowl and be able to just convey my feelings about that or my analysis about that, whatever you want to call it. Because that that would be the absolute dream, and I think to every Saints fan that would, you know, if the Saints go up there, hold the hoist the Lombardi Trophy up, it would just that's the main dream. So that's kind of it here. I know it's five minutes, but if you didn't want to hear that, probably just skip right over it. <laughs> Get to the real talk here, recap in the game. But I just wanted to say that I think it just it meant a lot to me to just that we've made it to 100 episodes. It's not just me; it's everybody out there. So I just want to say thank you to all the Houdat Nation, all the listeners. Thank you so 
much. But now, before we move on to our notes, and then we're going to obviously go into our matchups, and then our group-by-group recap, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion, and now we are going to hit up our notes. And really here, what we're looking at from this game here is that the Saints were able to dead track stop the Cowboys, who played... Basically, three amazing football games that they've played before playing the Saints. The Saints just dead stop them. And you got to give them again. A lot of credit doing that. Not many teams can do that. Just It's, it's honestly just really this Saints game was just to me showed so much more. Even more than last week where they to me dominated. This week was just a grind it out win and showed a lot. It was the Saints first win at home with... Out Drew Brees since 2005. It was the Saints' first win without scoring a touchdown since 98. First time in the Sean Payton-Drew Brees era that happened. The Saints did win the turnover battle 3-1. to one is probably why they won this game. And that was obviously really big. The Saints also won the yards battle. They won the first downs battle. They won, They won. If you're looking at the team stats here and looking at that stuff, they won basically every single one. I said they won yards, turnovers. They won the time of possession as well. They didn't win the penalty battle, but besides that, they've won basically everything, and they crushed the time of possession, 36 minutes to 23 minutes. They did great time of possession. They ran the ball very well compared to the Cowboys, who did not run the ball very well. So, overall, good job by the Saints to able to control the game and just play a physical brand of football that we're obviously not used to, but this team is kind of their formula. It's what they've made out of this team, so I think that's obviously really, really interesting there, but... Really what I think is the biggest point to the this notes here is that Teddy Bridgewater does move to 2-0 as a Saints starter here, and that shows so much that the Saints without Drew Brees are able to go 2-0. But Teddy, I think, again, just does just enough to win this game and probably, look, he didn't have a good game. He didn't play that good. You'll obviously see that in the grades and see that later, but he did enough to win. He moves to 2-0 as a starter, which is obviously the most important, and he's able just... Basically, he was able to move the balls in the 20s, a lot like the preseason where he was able to move the ball between those 20s, and then when it got into the red zone, can't move the ball, or around the red zone, can't move the ball, and that's exactly what happened in this game, and that's just, it's just not good. Obviously, when you're looking at the red zone, the Saints were 0 for 4. If you're 0 for 4 in the red zone, you're not going to win many games. They happen to win this one, and that's great, and I'm obviously really happy about that, but it's not even just Teddy Bridgewater, but again, he's got to be able to compose himself, com- get this team composed, lead the Saints in the red zone, and he hasn't done that. Stupid mistakes in the red zone, not just by Teddy Bridgewater, by the offensive line. Penalty after penalty after penalty, especially in the red zone. That's going to lose you games, and that just can't happen. And really, if this team, look, they got out and won this game. Looking at other games, I don't think they'll do it against the Bucks, and I don't think they'll do that against the Jaguars, but... Or, the, or against the Cardinals without Drew Brees if he doesn't play that game. But the game against the Bears, like if that happens, they're not going to win. If you get into the red zone four times against the Bears, you got to come with at least two or three scores. It's going to have to happen. It's going to be on the road too. That's just what I'm thinking. They were able to move the ball, but again, they just weren't able to punch it in and score touchdowns. Because if they were able to score touchdowns in this game, it wouldn't have been close. Because to me, the Saints dominated physically, and they really dominated everywhere but the red zone. And that, that's what made this game close in the end of it. Because, look, Dak Prescott had an awful game. Zeke Elliott was hold, held to less than two yards of carry, which people are putting that on Zeke. Uh, that's all the Saints' defense. Because 
he was look other games he was great, and then this game was just stopped in his tracks. Look, I don't think Zeke definitely he could. Uh, what, what really else could he have done? Every play he was stuffed, nowhere to go. That's on the Saints defense, and that's obviously really big. You want to talk about the game in Seattle where you have Chris Carson slipping and stuff? Maybe that's a little on Chris Carson, but this is just. This defensive line playing out of their mind good for the second straight year against the Cowboys. Blowing up the game. Did a really good job. Again, you were able to even control the ball between the 20s on offense. They were able to run the ball really good. They were 6-14 on third down, which is not bad. They were able to get Michael Thomas the ball. All good stuff that they weren't able to do last game against the Cowboys. But in the red zone, that's what made the game close here. Which, obviously, you also got to give it to Dallas being able to stop the team in the red zone. But that's just what I'm thinking here. And that's really what it is. There and then just other notes real quickly. Trey Hendrickson did go out with a neck injury. He was ruled out for the game. We'll see what his injury is. Hasn't been placed on IR yet, but usually that's like a Tuesday move. So we'll see what happens there if he goes on IR or if it's just a few weeks. Obviously, we're hoping for the best for Trey there. But I think that's really going to wrap it up for our notes here. Overall, really good game. Von Bell now has three um, fumble recoveries. That's really good. Um, A.J. Klein forced the fumble. That was good as well. Really great job by the Saints. This whole defense played just an amazing game. So I think we're going to get into our intriguing matchups here, and we're going to start off with Alvin Kamara versus their linebackers, Alvin Kamara versus their secondary, Alvin Kamara basically versus the Cowboys here and their defense. And it was a basically it was tip for tat here. Kamara had some great runs. He was great running the football. Did a really good job in the zone runs, especially. He was able to break off a few. Wasn't really good between the guards and just that, just those dive, HB dives. But he was good in those HB zones out of the shotgun. He was had a lot of good plays. The patience was there. He was able to run between the tackle and the guard there. That was really good. And he was having a lot of success, especially in the second half. He was, he was able to run the ball, and he outran Zeke by a good margin. So that was obviously really good by Kamara. And then when you're looking at the passing game, they stopped him. You got to give him a lot of credit where credit's due there. They were able to stop him. They were able to put him one-on-one with a safety slash cornerback that always did good against him. And then they're able to bracket him as well. Opens up Michael Thomas on one-on-one opportunities, which he's able to convert with nine catches, 95 yards. So overall, I think, look, it was tip for tat. It was a good matchup overall. No one won to me. No one lost. It was just a good, hard matchup, good coaching, trying to get Kamara the ball. They were trying to stop him. It was it was a very good matchup, and you like to see those matchups in the NFL today. Next intriguing matchup is Amari Cooper versus Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore showed up. Surprised we haven't talked about him. This is the first time we're talking about him here. He played his best game all year by far. This was rookie year Lattimore. This was great. This was just a great game. Just overall ice money in the bank here. He stops Cooper just basically straight in his tracks. He's able to do so many good things with basically in coverage, either if it's zone or man. He's able to do a really good job. Mari Cooper ends up with five catches for 48 yards. I was on eight targets. He was able to just shut him down. And he was able to frustrate Cooper. And he was winning in man, in zone. He was just playing a great game. And you got to give it off to Lattimore. Made some really clutch plays on third down on that final drive where they needed to clamp. And they were able to clamp. Really good job by Lattimore. He showed up. He completely outplayed Cooper. And I did call it. I'm just going to say that. 
I did say Lattimore is going to have his best game of the season, and it showed because, look, you want to give it all to Cooper, who's a great player, physical, good route runner. That's Kamara's strength to be able to beat that, and I thought it was a really good matchup, and the Saints were going to be able to scheme a few plays to really get him involved, and then they were able to do that and leave him out on the island, beat uh, Cooper, and what do, the, what do the Cowboys really have? And that's why if they were able to start, stop Zeke and they are able to stop Cooper, you don't have anything on this team. You have Jason Witten, old Jason Witten, who fumbles in this game. Randall Cobb, only three catches. Taven Austin, nothing. And then you had Blake Jarwin, who had three catches, 50 yards. But you kind of live with that. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here. The Saints were able to completely stop the Cowboys in their tracks on defense. And then our final matchup was the D-line versus the O-line on both sides. And both D-lines went. And just like the first matchup here last year, both defenses just dominated in the lines. You had Robert Quinn completely crush uh, Teron Armstead. You had Eric McCoy and Andrews Pete both have their worst games of the year, which is it's just, look, Teddy Bridgewater, I thought all things going in, look, I don't think he played awful. People are saying he played awful. Look, he did what he had to do to win the game at the end of the day. Look, couldn't have been better for sure. First of all, it should have been 15 points. Can't take that sack. He knows that. He knows that for sure because that's just, it's you just can't do that. <laughs> and But anyway, I, I think that from this D-line for the Saints, they completely, they destroyed. And so did the Cowboys. You got to give it off to them. Demarcus Lawrence had a pretty good game, and Robert Quinn had the biggest game out of all of them. Interior, the Saints did not do a good job. And the only reason Teddy Bridgewater took that sack was because of interior pressure from McCoy, uh, from the offensive line spot of McCoy and Pete. They were able, they gave that up. So that just can't happen there. And they, Sean Payton trusted them in that play. I don't know if I would have. I would have ran the ball, but that's just me. I'm not the coach, but that's just what I thought there. Saints D-line absolutely destroys here. You have... Marcus Davenport having one of his best games all year. A lot of hurries. A lot of QB hits here. I think he had three QB hits. I think even more hurries. And then he was able to... He was just able to just disrupt Dak Prescott. And that was really big. And then also, you're, you're obviously looking at Cameron Jordan, who had a, a big game, as he always does. And he was able to just, again, disrupt Dak Prescott. And they were able... They just got there just a little too late, but... It's still, it's, it's been able to disrupt him, throw him balls that he really shouldn't, which causes incompletions, which causes turnovers. So that's, I think, was really good there. Malcolm Brown had a game, two tackles for losses. He was able to do it both in the run game and in the passing game. He was able to do just really good things for the Saints. And then you saw David Onyemata with a sack and then also a tackle for loss. He played amazing, had the QB hit, obviously. He was able to come in here and do some really good work. And that's what you wanted to see from Onyemata, especially in... I know Rankin's played this game, but, again, that's what you want to see from Onyemata, especially you know, now. I think what's best about the Saints at the end of games, you could have Onyemata and Rankin's out there in that NASCAR, NASCAR package, and that's... Because both those guys can play. We all know that. And Sheldon Rankin's did play a pretty good game in this one, got a QB hit. He was able to basically be a situational player i think he played like 30 snaps which is just like getting him back in the game which i love you don't have to he doesn't have to come in here play the whole snaps 
however much they played, like 60 snaps, 70 snaps. He doesn't have to do that. He can play his 30 snaps, and just that's what he can do for a game or two, and then he plays the full amount. But overall, I thought this defensive line just played lights out amazing. Shai Tuttle made a few plays. The only bad thing was that Trey Hendrickson is out, but we'll see what happens. I think the Saints have enough depth, especially if Marcus Davenport's playing the way he is. They'll be fine, but... That's kind of what I'm saying here is why I wanted to add another player opposite, um, not opposite, but with uh, Davenport opposite Cameron Jordan because injuries, I was just saying because we didn't know what Davenport was going to be. It's nice to have that player. We'll see probably Wes Horton will come back if a a play with, you know, Trey Anderson, if he's out for the year or something, but it is a neck injury. I don't really know the severity, so I'm not going to come here and say he will be out for the season. Obviously, we're all hoping for the best, but right now you're trying to just prepare for the worst, hope for the best. I think that's what you got to do in this scenario, but we'll see what happens there. Overall, defensive line played amazing in this one, and that's kind of it for our intriguing matchups. Now, moving over to our group-by-group recap, but before we do, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we are going to get to our group-by-group recap, starting with our quarterbacks, and then we'll make it down to special teams and coaching eventually. But starting off with our quarterback here, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to go CC+. Look, he didn't play very good, but he didn't play awful. They were able to move the ball down the field, he just wasn't able to finish it off, and that happened a lot in this game. And whatever you want to put that to, it's just he wasn't able to take really two bad things about his game. Didn't take a shot, which is a problem. Someone's got to take a shot because you can't just you can't just throw 10, 15-yard passes. It's not going to work because defenses will eventually turn on to that and be like, oh, all they do is do checkdowns to Kamara and Thomas, and then they'll stop it probably eventually if you have the personnel, which some teams do. I think the Bears obviously do. The Cowboys do. And they were able to stop it, especially when you're getting pressure. Someone's got to throw the deep ball, and they got to have some big plays to inject energy into this team that is besides the defensive plays. Because obviously, defense are going to make plays, special teams made plays. But now it's time for some big plays to come up from this team. If you just think Alvin Kamara's screens are going to go for 30, 40 yards a game, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it may happen once every few weeks. But not every game. And I think Teddy Bridgewater has to force it a little bit and throw it down, throw the ball down the field, down the seam, I think. And that's where Jared Cook comes in. If he has the trust in Jared Cook, that would really make a huge difference because you can throw 20 yard seam routes and able to make plays there. And it just hasn't happened yet with Jared Cook. I would like to really them to try to get that connection up for their, for our next game against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team without Quan Alexander for the rest of the season. So that's just kind of what I want from this team and what they're able to do. That's one thing. And then obviously in the red zone. Because Alvin Kamara, they're now toning in on Alvin Kamara. They're like, we're going to stop him in the red zone. Someone else has got to step up. Same with Michael Thomas. Those two guys are going to be toned in in the red zone. So they need someone else to step up. And they don't need penalties. There you go. If the Saints didn't give up all these penalties, especially in the red zone, these procedural penalties in the red zone, they wouldn't be over for 4 in the red zone. If they stay ahead of schedule or just on schedule, they'll be fine. But you get behind schedule, then you're making Teddy Bridgewater make long throws in the red zone. It's just not a good solution here for the Saints. If the Saints are going to become good in the red zone, they need someone else to step up. They're going to need a Jared Cook. They're going to need a... Latavius Murray. They need someone else. They need a Traquan Smith when he comes back, and they need those guys to step up. We'll see what happens if they do or don't, but I think that will be big 
there for the Saints. But Teddy Bridgewater, look, I think he played fine. I think they were able to move the ball down the field. I think they were able to run it. They were really able to pass it most of the game. They just couldn't do it in the red zone. That's why they had four field goals instead of four touchdowns. That was it. He was 23 from 30, 193 yards, a pick. That wasn't his fault. So I don't really care about that. Ted Ginn dropped that ball. It was a hospital pass, but it wasn't good. He got sacked five times. This offensive line did not play well. That doesn't help. But he didn't play a good game. He misreads. Look, it wasn't his best game, but it wasn't his worst game either. That's why he didn't get an F or a D or whatever. C+. Plus. He played average. Um, maybe usually an average would be, I think, played maybe a little below average for the position. But for him, he played average or played good enough to win. He played game manager. Those stats are game manager, manager-like, but... That's just what it is. You got to score in the red zone because these games won't happen again where your defense is able to step up, only give up 10 points. It's just not. And maybe it will, but I just don't think it will. That's kind of my thing there. Skill position players, I'm going to give them a B. It was the normal guys. They had Kamara and Thomas. If you want an extra guy here, extra skill position to really drop out to get them A's, A pluses, A minus, you need someone between those two play. Really good because look, I know Michael Thomas catches nine balls on nine targets. That's great, and then you also have Kamara running the ball for over four yards to carry, really making a difference late in the game. Great, but they're going to need someone else, and everybody knows they need someone else. So someone's going to got to step up. Jared Cook has got to be better than three catches and twenty yards. Just the case. It, it is what it is here. Then Josh Hill steps up for three catches, thirty yards, but then drops a big catch going into the red zone. You're going into the end zone, really, not the red zone. They're in the red zone. But to get to, like, to the five-yard line, can't happen. Put, put those stats together, I know. It's 50 yards, six catches, 50 yards, which is fine from your tight ends, but you got to do more. You, see, if Josh Hill catches that ball, he's got four catches, like 35 yards, to go with Cook's three catches, 21 yards, it looks actually pretty good. It looks like you got a good, you got like six catches, 60 yards. That's not bad. It's not bad at all from your tight ends, which is, look, it is what it is. Ted Ginn, three catches, 19 yards. Just wasn't enough from these guys. I mean, it is what it was. Latavius Murray, four carries, 14 yards. He just needs, I think, a little more volume, and he just hasn't got it there. So, look, everyone's saying, I know he's not Mark Ingram. I don't think he's got the chance to be even... They don't look like... It seems like they just moved on from having a second running back without Kamara. They want him to be the bell cow. They want him to be their guy, and he's going to be it. So that's just kind of, for me, what it is there with him they're past the two running back system and i don't think i think that's also a reason look they would have loved to have ingram but i think they want kamara to spread his wings and play especially if they're gonna be paying a lot of money you might as well get the most for him so that's just kind of what i think they feel there but that's really just the skill position players it was normal guys they did enough to win but that's kind of they didn't make a play in the red zone so that, it was just give or take there o-line i'm gonna give him a b minus look armstead played bad your interior guys did not play good. And Ramchek was really the only one who played great. So, B minus, you're like, it shouldn't be B minus. Probably should be C minus, C plus. But I'm going to give it a B minus because they were able to run block very well, which was good. Even Armstead run blocked well. They were able to stay with schedule or get ahead of schedule with the run game. So that was really good. So that's why they get their B minus. Look, it was bad against the pass. That's why they're not going to get A minus or whatever an A. But they were able to stay. They were solid against the run, which is good enough for this team now moving over to the defense and they played outstanding d-line a they played a great game i know they only put up one sack but they were able to stop the run completely and then also they were able to completely shut down Dak prescott and 
it was they stopped. It's completely shut down one of the best running backs in the league in Zeke Elliott, probably top three running back, and they were able to stop a quarterback that was playing some good football. And they were able to get him off his feet. Russ throw was perfect. You had Jordan, no sacks, but he was able to hurry the QB a lot. And then you had um, Davenport, who just played outstanding. One of his best games as a pro. He was basically, he was always in Dak's face once a drive. It, it was really good. He played a great game. He was able to, and also against one of the best left tackles in the league. Really good job. That's what you want to see. That's what the first round pick we know of. Really good job by him. Onyamata was able to do a really good job. And then also guys like Rankins played very good. Shai Tuttle, as we said before. And then also Malcolm Brown all showed up. They played great games. And you got to give it to this group. Linebackers, I'll give them an A as well. You had A.J. Klein have a forced fumble really big. Demario Davis showing up, obviously, pregame with the speech, second week of the row. He, he has a great speech, just as good as Drew Brees. And it was really good to have me running through a wall there. And then also, you're going to have guys like Kiko Alonso contribute, do a really good job, Ray Armstrong and special teams. They were able to just do a really good job, especially Alonso. I think he did a lot better against the run, against the pass. He was just a lot better in this one, in my opinion. He did a good job. Overall, everybody played a great game from this group. They were able to make tackles, stop Zeke, gang tackle. Able to, They didn't play great against the tight ends, but they did enough to win, obviously. They played a great game. you got to give it off to these linebackers. And really, it's a great game. So you got to give it to this whole defense. But especially these linebackers came up. They played a good game. And then secondary to me, A+. They played a great game, led by Lattimore who played an outstanding game against Amari Cooper. To me, one of his best as a pro. Eli Apple did a really good job. Really nothing. You didn't hear his name called at all. That's always a good thing. One penalty that I didn't think was a penalty. It wasn't. It was textbook coverage that it wasn't a penalty. That's just what it was. And they called it, but whatever. I don't even count that against him. I think he played a great game. I think P.J. Williams made some big tackles, especially before the sticks. That was really big. He made a really nice tackle on Zeke early in the game to really set the kind of momentum set the energy of the game it's going to be a hard-hitting game that was really good as well von bell picks up two forced fumbles in this one he played amazing he had like a 96 pro football focus grade so he was able to just play an outstanding game he played a big role for the saints and he was able to do a lot of good stuff marcus williams game ending interception he played another really solid game was able to give help when needed he was able to diagnose plays see plays and they're not playing him so far back anymore that's always a good thing and they're bringing him a little farther up but they're giving him less room to cover that's great that's a good job by dennis allen to scheme to get the right place so overall great job by the secondary even chauncey garner johnson gets on at the end of the game playing a really good last series Overall, you got to give it to the secondary. They played an amazing game, A++ for them. And then special teams coaching, I'm going to give them an A+. Sean Payton pulled the right strings in this game, especially late. They were able to do what they got to do. Dennis Allen played, uh, coach, excuse me, an amazing game. He was able to call the right stunts. He was able to do a really good job making this game plan and getting his team ready to play getting his uh, half of the team ready to play. And then Sean Payton, he was able to get this team physically ready to play after a long road trip two weeks. They were ready to play, and they showed up, and they pulled off their second straight upset in a row. So obviously, great game in this one. Saints get the win on our 100th episode here at the Who Dat Discussion. 
And I think that it's going to wrap up our podcast. So if you enjoy what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion and you haven't followed us on our various platforms, you can follow us on Twitter at the Houdat Dis, on Instagram at Houdat Discussion, and then also you could subscribe to anywhere you listen to your podcast. That means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that fun stuff there. So Saints play a great game, move to 3-1, and and we'll see you probably on Friday or Thursday night for the preview of the Saints versus Bucks game in the Dome. Should be a fun one. Hopefully we get the offense back on track and keep this defensive play going. So with all that said, I want to say thank you, finish the deal, and who dat?